everybody, and welcome back to the Game Bite Show podcast. It is January 19th. One day remains. I am your host, Jeremy Lawman Lamont, standing in for LeGrand Jolly with my singular pal and co-host, Dale Cannon-Door-Jones. How's it going, Dale? Oh, good, 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 good. How about how are you? Uh, so far, so good. But uh, the podcast is young, and uh, it, could, it could go south pretty quick. I'm pretty sure I've made that joke before, but it's really true. It really is. Going south. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a euphemism. Do you remember back in the 90s when they used to advertise, um, like, uh, pop music collections? And there would be um, all these, you know, TV advertisements featuring, like, segments of 30 different Yeah, like the little, like, three-second clip or whatever. Oh, yeah, there was a bunch. There was, like, Pure Moods was, was a popular one. They would, like, do sections of, like, Enya and... Sadness. Um... Well, one of them was called Going South. Do you remember that? Uh, no, but I remember Loving an Elevator. Going South was, like, I guess one of the companies that did these was called Razor and Tie. And it was, I don't know, my friend and I used to always just make fun of these. Uh, and yeah, so the Going South one was, of course, like, Southern Rock, right? Like, all sorts of Skinner and The Band and, you know, Black Oak, Arkansas and whoever else. So I, uh... Most of what I know about music from, you know, the 80s and 90s uh, really came from watching those ads. Like, I know three words from any given song, and it's all thanks to those... Uh, Can you take me high enough? Wow. That's Damn Yankees. That's, that was really good, Dale. I think we've found a new permanent segment. Yeah, my, my voice can't get high show. enough for that. Yeah, no doesn't stop. Well, I mean, I uh, like to sing Robert Plant lyrics sometimes, so I try to get those high notes, but it just doesn't. We can fix it in post. I, I no. think you a superstar, Dale. Superstar. Well, uh, Dale, it's the middle of the week, and we typically spend this time talking about the video games that we've been playing over this past week, and uh, since it's just me and you, we might, we may actually have a chance to get this one under the requisite half-hour mark. Probably. But, you know, it, I'll be, I'll, let me let you in on a little secret, just you and me. I tend to, like, drag it out a little bit just so it never hits that half-hour mark. Mm-hmm. I might be doing that right this minute, actually. <laughs> You'd never know. Uh, no, but Dale, we've got a few games that we've been playing this week, and uh, I think we better let our listeners in on all of the deets. Let's do it. So I think I'm going to throw it over to you. What have you been What have you been working on this past uh, week? Well, a couple of things. First, and I, I can do this one relatively quickly, is I finished up, I wrapped up the campaign for Titanfall 2. Um... I had previously I had gotten about halfway through it. I, I played uh through through the cool like portal esque level where you're in like a, a housing fabrication plant sort of place, mm-hmm. and they do like the sideways orientation. So it's it's like that game you would play when you're a kid, like upside down on a chair, pretending that like the ceiling was the floor and or like the gravity shifted to the walls, and you're like, what are you talking about, dude? I do that now. Trying to navigate this and that. Um. Anyway, so I had. Back when, back when, like, the game first came out, I got that far. And then, you know, just put it down and didn't really play any more of it for a long time. But I went back and wrapped it up. And, uh, man, that game, that game is awesome, dude. There's, like, so many, all of those levels are, are very nicely varied with lots of cool and interesting mechanics that don't wear out their welcome. And it just feels like, you know, rock solid to play. And, uh, of course, it's, everything's fast and you're, parkouring all over the place and um all the weapons are cool and all the different types of uh, titans that you get into are cool and even the the boss battles in this game are cool somehow they even do those right it's just um it's 
shocking how good of a campaign that is. So, and do we feel, do we feel like it's really getting the credit it deserves these days? Like, has it? Well, I I know from some of the like sort of year in review articles and podcasts and stuff that I uh, partook of. Um, I I want to say that it got recognized. I don't know if it's maybe getting all of its due and maybe not in in terms of sales either but um yeah the, like the final few levels or you know the midpoint of that game um i guess if there's one section of that game that's fairly rote it'd be like probably the second or third level um because uh, at, at first i wasn't really sure what everybody was talking about but then you get you get deeper into that game and yeah the midpoint and um the first like the the middle four or five missions four or five and six or something are real solid and then like uh there's only like i think there's nine missions and um they yeah it it ends real strong too with some like really cool um i wouldn't call them set piece moments but uh um there's some like they they do like a sort of end of half-life two gravity gun sort of thing at the end of this game Mm. um with uh so you remember the smart pistol from titanfall one yeah Oh yeah, um, yep, yep. yeah. You get a brief uh, period of being able to use that at the end of the the campaign in Titanfall Two, and it's it's awesome. <laughs> it's yeah. it's so overpowered. <laughs> it's just gross. That, that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that gravity gun is sort of roundly considered to be one of the great all time gaming moments when they let you just run loose. Yeah, with yeah, and, and you yeah. can really feel like the what, what the way that they give you the the smart pistol at the end of toward the end of this game. Um, is kind of like a, a pretty obvious homage to that, it seems like. Um, or it's, you know how like some games, like they let you just go wild at the beginning and then they take your powers away? Take the stuff away, yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of like that in reverse. Or You know how like at the end of Super Metroid, after the, the Queen Metroid kills the baby, and then Samus is like Super Saiyan on that thing, and just like oh, yeah. the rainbow lasers, right? Like, that power beam, uh-huh. yeah. It, yeah, it just kind of feels like that. Um Except you actually get to shoot some things with it. Yeah, it's just really good. Just a really solid campaign. Had a really good time with it. Um, so are you going to get good at the multiplayer? Are you going to nah. graduate up to big boy mode? No, nah, no. Nah, Dale, I, you can do it. I, you know, I'm not... Me and multiplayer games are... I, I'm real hot and cold. Mostly cold on multiplayer games. Um, I, you should do it, man. We should, we should at least try it. Just like one night. Just like rule the world. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll dip into it here and there, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to, like, try to get good at it or anything. Uh, no? No. If anything, I would maybe do, like, Overwatch or something. What? Um, or, like, a, a MOBA. Uh, if, you know, if I was going to... But the, here's the thing, right? It's opportunity cost, right? So um, I always feel bad about when I... Basically, when I try to, like, play repeatedly and get good at a multiplayer game, I always just think about, like, all the stuff that... All the single-player games that are falling by the wayside that I could be... What am I doing with my life? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, in video games... I just got a 32 kill streak, but what does it amount to? Right. Nothing. I mean, I have a hard time anyway, because cause even with the best video games, it's always like, you know, I feel like I could be doing something better with my time. But somehow, like, playing through a, a campaign um, or just being able to complete something and put a bow on it, you know, and... At least I kind of feel like I've done something with my time, but with multiplayer, more often than not, you, you lose, you know, or you lose just as yeah. much as you win, probably, which for me personally, just usually ends up feeling kind of bad. So, yeah. um, 
Yeah, I, as far as multiplayer, no, I, I probably won't play much more of Titanfall 2, unless I was to, like, rerun the campaign at some point, which, I mean, probably wouldn't happen, but, I, you know, if I was on a desert island or some similar scenario, it could possibly happen, right? Because it was, it was real good. Um, cool. But, yeah, so the, the, the main thing I've been playing the most of this past week is actually Democracy 3. I saw you playing that. I have no idea what that is. Uh, so it's a series of menus, basically, and um, <laughs> but that's that's the game, right? So it's like you're you start the game, and you can choose one of I think it's five or six countries to lead, and they're all kind of like your big Western democracies. So there's there's the U.S., there's uh, the United Kingdom, there's like France, Germany, um, Italy, maybe I don't I don't think maybe not Italy. Uh, Australia's in there. Uh, I don't know, maybe one. I, I've only played the U.S., though, um, just because I'm obviously more familiar with our sort of... Democracy. The way that our policies and demographics sort of work, right? The, the technology tree here is fairly standard. And I guess, I guess probably the only thing that changes is sort of like your starting configuration of, of whatever your, your nation is. So like with the U.S., you start with like a, a large um, deficit and trade like a, a large debt and like a large, a, a lot of money being spent on like the national defense and a lot of money coming in from like income tax and sales tax. And um, I'm not sure. I, I guess they must've based this game. Uh, and I think it's actually just made by one guy. So I guess he must've based this game off of like, you know, a pretty, pretty accurate, simulacrum of what the the nations are actually actually like at the time that it was made which i think it's about a year too old um and uh so yeah basically what it, it's called democracy but it's more or less like uh, it, it makes you a dictator so that you can basically do whatever you want you just have to expend political capital and political capital comes to you each each turn which is a quarter so like each turn that you take um you you start out uh, like you start out newly elected, um, and you have you know X amount of political capital, and I think what determines the political capital is basically kind of like the overall approval of you and your cabinet. So you have this um, it's like six or eight person cabinet of you know ministers or secretaries, you know whatever your government calls them, and each of them. Um, basically is kind of like representing one of the factions of your populace. So it'll be like, um, this guy is, uh, he'll come to you with like the concerns of either conservatives and motorists, you know, or, or like this person will be, um, telling you about how their constituents are like environmentalists or socialists or just whatever it is. Right. And it, it can be like these like kind of random pairings of, of attributes. And they're like, you can't defund motorists. You'll regret this. Yeah, basically. Or really what it is is like, well, you know, this person um, represents a lot of people who are um, left wing and left wing people are unhappy. So this person may step down. And if that happens, then you take a hit and going forward, you lose some political capital. And you, that's what you use to tweak policies that are in existence like um for instance if you want to monkey around with the tax rates that takes a lot of political capital right so you might have to not do anything for a few quarters to accrue your political capital and then spend it all to you know 
crank the income tax up to 90% if you want to do like a socialist paradise or something. Um, or, you know, maybe you want to abolish, I don't know, the death penalty, or maybe you want to make prostitution legal. You can do all, uh, any number of stuff in this game, which is, it's actually really cool. Um, it gives you, I guess, all of the levers of power that you can reasonably expect to have. You know, if you were president, even more probably, right? Because, like I say, basically you can choose to do anything, and uh, you know, it's not like the Congress tells you no, right? It's like I guess they just assume that you have everything lined up to your your party, and you can just pass whatever, right? Um, yeah, I guess. and you live forever as the other thing. Well, yeah, when you start the game, you can choose whether you want to be term limited or or not, or like how long the terms are, or that sort of thing. Oh, so, really? Yeah, it's like you know how when you start a four X game, you set up the parameters of the game. Like, yeah, um, you basically have the opportunity to do that. So, so when I've been playing it, I've just been playing it like like real life, uh, you know, or maybe like real life has been to this point, right, <laughs> where you're term limited. Uh, so then, what does that mean? Does that mean you have like a limited like every turn is what a month? Every turn is a quarter. So you get sixteen turns before the ne- before you reelect, and if you win that, you get sixteen more turns, and then it's game over, uh, right? And okay, so, yeah, that's what. I was so wondering. at the end of that time, uh, you you may not even be reelected, and so then it's just game over. If you are reelected, then you get to the end of that term, and either your party is elected again if you succeed, or it goes to the other party. Um, and I've had some really fun and interesting games of this, of, of Democracy 3. Uh, let me just kind of go over my, my list of achievements here. Um, and you can kind of okay. get a sense of, of how I've been doing with this game. So I got the um, Budget Balancer achievement. I got the Crime-Free Utopia achievement. I got the achievement for being a one-party state, which basically means that I had 100% of the vote behind me. <laughs> I got the poverty poverty eradicated one uh, wow. I got the one for sovereign wealth which that's what happens when you eliminate all of your foreign debt and then you start to accrue a budget surplus every year or every quarter I got the one uh, it's called filibustering um, but the description is like you certainly have the stamina for politics you have been working away in your office for so long that it's almost time to start the next day's work so I'm not sure exactly what that is. Maybe it's just that I played for three hours at a time or something like that. Hmm. Um, I got the one for healthy minds and bodies. So um, that's one of the things, one of the sort of parameters that... Um, so I, the game is it's, it's kind of like set up like you're doing like all this polling on all these demographics over all these subjects, right? Which I guess, you know, probably happens in real life, right? And so one of the things is, of course, the health of your populace. And so I got the achievement for, um, you know, making everybody super healthy, right? Cracking down on, not really cracking down, but driving people away from uh, abuse, substance abuse, and, um, you know, getting people more active and uh, funding private and public medicine, all this stuff. Um, Set up that Jones legacy nanny Yeah, Jones care, I called it. <laughs> um, and then so what else electoral success reelect uh landslide i actually won 
uh, 100% of the vote one time. <laughs> so, so that was pretty cool. Wow. Uh, legitimate so you mentioned, intelligence. You mentioned that you have like a, a lot of different things, you know, like, uh, you know, making different things legal oh, or illegal or, or whatever. Do they feel, I mean, is it just like you're toggling a switch and then the happiness goes up or something like that? I mean, do you feel like yeah, stuff so, actually sort of. So, so you decide when it's, when it's time or when your turn comes around and you have your political capital. Um, the first thing that happens is you get a l- little report from your advisors of like, you know, what's going on. Oh, like maybe there's, uh, there's an outbreak of the bird flu. And so the health is down or, uh, you know, there's a, the, the world GDP, the world economy is, is in the tank. So it's hurting our, our gross domestic product, or it might be like, um, there was a hurricane. And so some, a lot of people are homeless now. So there's all these things, right? And they also tell you like the sort of general, um, temperature of the populace, but you all ha- you always have on your kind of main screen, you have a big like list of all of your uh, interest groups, and they kind of have a meter that goes from uh, red to to green, and you, so you kind of keep an eye on um, how everybody's feeling about you, and then every time you you take a new turn, um, those bars and numbers and, and things update, and you can tell whether they're trending up or trending down, and if you click into something you kind of drill down on it and you kind of get a uh like a line graph with a history of Uh like if the approval's gone up or down or whatever the other thing you can do which is really cool is that the the main menu is just like this big mess of icons right and um but it actually hides like a really cool and complex um system of like flow charts so if you hover your your cursor over any one thing like say it's unemployment then all of the other icons will disappear except for the ones that are influencing unemployment, like either contributing to it or, you know, being a detriment to it. And so, mm-hmm. so you can tell that like when the um, technical proficiency of the workforce goes up, unemployment goes up a little bit, right? Because there's, mm-hmm. there's like a green arrow connecting it and it's moving at a kind of slow pace. So it's contributing a little bit. Whereas like if you have poverty over here and poverty is like contributing a lot to unemployment or vice versa, you know, things like that. So, so what it allows you to do is kind of like say, well, I want to tackle crime. And so then you can kind of look at all the like cause and effect things that, um, are related to crime and sort of how they relate to it. And then you can kind of choose like, well, the police take away from crime so I can make the police stronger or poverty contributes to crime. So I can try to address poverty to, to address crime. And when you click on any one thing, it takes you to another menu that shows you all the things that affect that and all the uh, things that that affects. And it gives you sort of like a magnitude of how intertwined are these two things. So you can, there's some things that you can't influence directly, like GDP, of course, but you can influence something that influences that, right? So it becomes this game of like, what do you, what domino do you topple to, to topple the thing you want to topple and how much capital is that going to cost you? And what are you not going to be able to do because you did that? And who is that going to piss off? And next time around, are they going to try to assassinate you or not? Because I've been assassinated a couple of times too. And, wow. uh, when you really make some factions mad, that can happen. Um, man, I bet it's, so, so I guess I, I kind of have then a follow-up question to my question from before, which is kind of the same question, which is how much of this is really just an interrelated set of 
push pins that you know that are all connected with threads and it's just a matter of that's the whole game I mean, how much of this is it how much of this is a is like a game versus just like managing no, that's the whole thing numbers? that's the whole game that's that's it yeah. okay it's <laughs> like you know how like sometimes you're dealing with like a big excel sheet with like all sorts of like lookups and formulas and dependencies right. and things like that and right. it's kind of cool to just tweak something and see what happens that's that's exactly what this game is except kinda it's themed in like in politics right so Got it. what's what it's kind of cool to do is set out from the beginning of your term and say i want to um you know i want to mold this nation into like either a, a dystopia or a utopia to define however you want to do define that and then just see if you can do it or see um it's also i think i think this game actually really makes a good case for like the educational uh, potential of games, especially when it's one that's themed in something that's um, something like politics or whatever. Like I, I'd imagine you could probably make something like this for like medicine or something like that. But if you just kind of wanted to learn at sort of, you know, n- not it's not like a completely accurate simulation of the the politics of the time or anything. But it's it's also um, it is modeled after that stuff. And so there are some kind of simplistic assumptions, like when alcohol consumption goes up, crime automatically goes up too, which, right. I mean, it's not subtle and there's not a lot of nuance there, but if you're just kind of wanting to get a, a an overall sort of picture of cause and effect of things, it can be kind of interesting. And uh, I could see, you know, kids in like social studies and junior high play in this and it actually really helping them to understand a lot of the sort of, cause and effect things in society, right? Even if it's a simplified model. Um, And, you know, I can, I mean, that's, that's what education is all about is right. Like getting a handle on things and then also kind of stoking your interest so that uh, if you want to learn more, you can always dive deeper in that. But um, yeah, I would totally recommend this game to anybody who um, maybe has needs a a refresher in the sort of, or or like political theory one-on-one sort of thing. Um, and just because it is very interesting to see how, um, like, if you think you would be a better president, right? Like getting a getting a shot at it and like seeing, well, you know, I've always wanted to, um, you know, uh, take away all the sales tax and instead raise all the income tax, and like you can just see who that benefits and who uh, who it takes away from when you do things like that. Which, um, and the game does a fairly decent job at kind of explaining um, of any anyone given issue or, or policy, because you can create a new policy too. You can't create them whole cloth. There's like lists of potential policies that you can choose from. Right, right. Um, and it'll give you like a little paragraph, like it'll say, well, you know, emission controls. It, of course, environmentalists will be happy with this, but capitalists are not going to like it because they're just going to think it's more bureaucratic red tape. And then if you go forward with that, you can see over the next couple of turns, you can see that environmentalists are now more happy with you and the capitalists are are not. And by the way, I found that there are two factions that hate pretty much every everything you can possibly do policy-wise. <laughs> and those are capitalists and leftists. And Twitter. And, uh, well leftists uh, <laughs> uh and that's because and that makes sense if you think about it because capitalists are all about the free hand right like they want as little regulation as possible um so of course they're going to be against all policy because it's all regulation and then you have hardcore leftists or like libertarians who want 
everything to be legal and there not to be any restrictions on anything. So, I mean, what was really odd to see is like tightening gun control laws would make leftists angry or, or what they call them. They call them liberals in this game or whatever. But, you know, same mm-hmm. thing. It's weird, though, that like you wouldn't think that you would think that liberals would be for more tighter gun control. But that's not necessarily the case. Right. It's like, huh. And of course, capitalists hate everything. So I, I, I was sure everything I did, even when I had the GDP, like pegging the top of the graph, the capitalists weren't happy. So I don't I know what you can do. Yeah. Man. Anyway, super well, cool game. We've learned a lot about our fellow Americans in this podcast. So basically just, you know, don't trust anyone, I think is sort of the message, <laughs> especially in these turbulent times. Uh, but actually, it segues pretty well into a game that I want to talk about. And it's actually not new to the Game Bite show. We actually did talk about this back in August. Jared had played this game, and I'm sort of catching up on it uh, just this this year. Uh, it's a mobile game. It's called Reigns. I don't know if you remember seeing this or hearing about it or yeah. if you played it yourself. I, I put it on my phone and have yet to play it. So that's the thing. I got it at a New Year's sale for like a buck, mm-hmm. and uh, and I installed it and kind of just like dabbled with it a little bit. And I've only just this past week really started playing it. And kind of in a sense, it's not too much different from Democracy, except instead of having you know a hundred different push pins on the board, you have four push pins, and the push pins are church and population happiness and military and money basically. And uh, the idea of this, and, and Jared described it, you know, go back and listen to the, to the show in August, I won't spend too much time on it, but basically everything is done with a swiping gesture, left or right, and you don't really know how your choices are going to be... So is it like, how, are going to impact. Is it like Tinder of medieval governance? Basically, that? that's basically it. That's basically it. And you just have a lot of weird people coming to you and petitioning you for things, and it'll be things like, oh, well, we've got to strengthen the parapets on our castle, and that's going to cost, that's going to take your money down, and it's going to take your military up. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you get a little fill meter on each of those. There's an icon, there's like a cross for the church, and a human stick figure for the happiness, and a sword for the military, and a dollar sign for the money, um, which I don't know if that's Yeah, they didn't have dollars it, back then. Just, yeah, it's just always dollars, dollar, dollar bills. Um, and, and the thing is that you can't let any of that stuff get to the bottom. To the you know, you can't let that empty out with your choices. But you also can't let it get up to the very top. Either outcome will end your game. And in the sort of rogue legacy fashion, you you can play again any time, and you're sort of picking up as a new monarch. Mm-hmm. For, you know, along your I guess maybe your line. Does it or, pick or up the with kingdom. this kingdom in the state that you left it previously or does it revert? N- not the, the thing is you can't really tell. Like you always start out in the same position when you start. It's it's kind of hard to tell what carries over. So there is a timeline. So there is a number of years and you can actually go back and look back through, you know, the the duration of the reign of King Leopold the Creepy or whatever. Hmm. Based based on some of your choices you get some little epithets cool. that that uh, get to you get to go with. Um, so you, you can kind of see and you, you kind of your goal is to last as long as possible, but this is one of those where you're basically assured to, to die sooner or later. And I've done them where I die the first year. Uh, like I last one single year because the first thing is my, my court jester wants to play a gambling game with me and I keep upping the stakes and upping the stakes and upping the stakes and I lose. Mm-hmm. So my money goes all the way to the bottom and I'm dead in one year and I get a little Google achievement for that. But, um, it's very, very simple. I mean, I think even at the max price, I think it's like three bucks, maybe four bucks tops. Um, and it's pretty simple, and there's not too much to it. And I actually found myself when I started playing it. Kind so it's of a good like, mobile ah. game. 
It is. It is a. It is a really good mobile game. And in fact, now that I've kind of gotten hooked on it a little bit, and I'm pretty sure Jared said this, you can go back any time and just start swiping stuff left and right. Uh, you do start to see some repeats of some of the same scenarios. You don't really get the sense that time is progressing overall. It's just a number on a counter. Um, you sometimes get special characters who will come time up. Time is a flat a circle, Jeremy. It, it's all more of this of a, has happened, a, and all of this will happen again. It's more of a spiral, is what I learned from Dreamfall. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the. Um, there are special events that can happen, like on year 666, you can meet the devil, and he can, like, give you, a, like, a weird power or something. And, Fiddle. Uh, you know, you, you actually can get things, like, you can get a little bit of clairvoyance if you do certain things. Like, your dog sometimes will take you out into the woods to eat a mushroom, and if you eat the mushroom, you get this clairvoyance where you can, you, you can't actually see normally how much a choice will affect which of those items but you can get abilities that will let you see that um there are little you know kind of simple dual sections a little bit of dungeon crawling but it's all basically like a choose your own adventure so you're not like and... sitting on the throne with petitioners coming at you the whole time you're actually it's it's like you're you're going on an adventure doing something in the town sometimes yeah sometimes you'll be like oh yeah i'm gonna ride out and kill all the wolves <laughs> and if and if you choose correctly or or whatever the fates are that determine the outcome you, they might say we've killed uh, all the wolves that sounds like We're a fool's a errand feast. actually to be honest <laughs> kind of like you, you never know you never know like so, so that's the thing like everything is really obscure you don't know whether your choice is going to favor you or or come out against you um and you know you're you're gonna die it's gonna happen mm -hmm. it's gonna end in weird ways and you know if you get too much money the oligarchs banish you and if you get too much church the popes you know force young popes take over your kingdom and... The, the young pope, exactly. You know, I, I never really liked a lot of rap music, but I'm really interested in the young, young pope. pope. The young pope. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that, that's Reigns. I mean, in a nutshell, there's not a lot to say about it, but I just found it interesting that democracy was basically like a very complicated, you know, very fully featured version of essentially Reigns. Yeah, they do sound very um, similar, don't they? Uh, kind of. So so you might enjoy like transitioning. You could almost just say that like, you, you know, one is suitable for your phone and one is more of like a, a PC level game. Sit you down know? big boy game. Absolutely. Yeah. I, Democracy 3 is not super complicated, but it's yeah, it's it's very cool. Yeah, it's also more expensive. I was just looking it up. 25 bucks. So if you're interested. Yeah, in that sort of yeah thing. it's still a little bit high. I, I, th I think when I bought it, it was on sale for like 10 or something. Um, well, that's not too bad. But yeah. Not too bad at all. So the other game that I've been playing is, uh, I believe, from 2016, uh, this past year. Yes, in early 2016. I've been playing Unravel on the Xbox One. Oh, Yarny. Which, yeah, Yarny, that's right. So you remember you remember the social media campaign of Yarny. Did, I mean, you talked about this game on here before. <laughs> I don't think so. I Who hope those not. Jared I only I only started playing it this past okay, week. Right. Uh, I don't I don't know. You know, I wonder if we did. Well, maybe, maybe it was LeGrand. I, maybe. I thought Yarny had come up on here before. Maybe not. Uh, let's see. Unravel, unravel, unravel. I don't think so. It's not in our list okay, of uh, right. stuff. So, so this might be new. It might be new if you are listening to the show maybe, regularly. Maybe it was and Grow you know Home talked about or something. Yeah, that could be. And I mean, it sort of falls into the same. Yeah, Grow Home. I think somebody may have may have actually talked about. So, uh, unravel. Let's talk about what it is. So, on its surface, it's basically a very graphically pleasing two D platformer based on yarn. Uh, so Yarny, the character that Dale mentioned, is a, a oh, so, fair, you know had his moment. So this is, moment this of is that Yoshi game media. that came out recently. <laughs> yeah, it's Yoshi's Woolly World. Uh, but but it's it's sort of in the same spectrum as like uh, Flower or something like that, where <laughs> you kind of have a, a gimmick and it's sort of wanting to hit you on an emotional level. So Yarny starts out at the very beginning of the game as a ball of yarn who falls out of an old woman's basket, and um, the, the theme of Unravel is one of 
stringing together memories of the past uh, with yarn, with actual literal yarn. <laughs> And um, Yarny basically travels through a lot of different environments. They're all uh, very highly detailed and uh, photorealistic. And, and the yarn, you know, there's a very pleasing yarn texture to Yarny. Um, but he is always tied to something. He basically moves from one area to another, and uh, his yarn is tied up. And as you move, you leave a yarn trail behind you. And Yarny actually only has so much distance he can go before he starts to unravel. And you actually see him, he starts out as sort of a you know, little Michelin man sort of... I mean, he's never, like, tubby or anything, but, you know, you can see that he's pretty well and <laughs> you know... and I was going to say well-endowed. I don't think that's what I wanted to <laughs> That's not what I was going for. But, you know, he's got a lot of yarn, basically. And you can see that as he moves further and further, eventually he turns into just, like, little spindly yarn legs and he starts to get sort of uncertain and cold. And actually, the little... It's the little touches in this game that are, that are really kind of neat. Uh, the little animations of Yarny, like, looking around the world or... Um, in, in cold or scary environments, he kind of shivers and looks around. And he might actually look at something that passes by. You might pass by, like, a butterfly or, or some <laughs> interesting thing in the environment, and he'll look up at it. And, uh, you know, there, there, it seems like there are a lot of those little context-sensitive little animations, and I found them to be very charming. Um, Yarny, as, as far as what he does, uh, a couple of things. So his entire mission is to go out and to collect... Memories, I guess. So again, the, the idea was stringing together memories and, and you know, things throughout life. Uh, and whenever he passes, you, you sort of pass by this um, kind of voxel-y, hazy, slightly floaty image in the background of people either, you know, out hiking or just different things that might be might have gone on and Yarny like grabs that and and sort it sort of condenses down into a little orb a little glowing ball of memory or something and he captures that and kind of goes along <laughs> until you get to the end of the level where he finds a little yarn creation a little badge that's that's made of yarn and he kind of comes back and and actually structurally this has a lot in common with Flower which is one of my favorite games of all time um Yarny returns to kind of a hub world between each level and he accesses each different level through a a, a picture frame which is kind of like the oh, not like Flower, a if you like a loom that. or something Come on. Uh, no, Spinning no, wheel? That would have been wise, I guess, but they didn't really... You know where, where, you know where uh, Yarnum goes every Halloween? Damn it, I just, I just messed up the joke. Oh, he man. goes to Yarnum. Yarnum. Yarny goes to Yarnum for Halloween. You know, you know where Yarnum is, right? The White Hunt, or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, there you go. Is that what that is? Um, so Yarny also... So this is also a platformer of strings, and, and of course Yarny uh, has the ability to whip out his yarn and to lasso things, and to uh, swing like Bionic Commando from point to point. So does this feel like anything at all, like a, a, like a Little Big Planet or, or Tearaway, sort of, um, where the aesthetic is that integral to the overall experience? Or is it just more Not, like a platformer? The, yeah, it's more like a platformer. I wouldn't say there's a uniformity thematically, but everything is just very pleasant looking, and, and it is kind of weird sometimes to think about this little yarn creature going out to, you know, through the mountains, hiking things, uh, through the swamps. There's a swamp level. There's You eventually get into some darker areas, like industrial-looking kinds of things. And, and again, thematically there, it kind of reminds me of Flower, because Flower, I always felt, was like a really tonally perfect, like, five-part story, just you know, starting out very carefree and stuff and then moving into something darker and then coming Did back. Did you ever play Explosion Man? Yeah. That, when, you, when you talked about, like, going into the industrial area, that's, for some reason that came to my mind, was that, like, navigating the kind of, like, experimental laboratories and, and stuff. I mean, it's it's more like like waste barrels and stuff like that, yeah. but Yarny, does, Yarny gets heavy. Uh, he, he gets kind of darker. 
Um, but you can also do other things. I'm actually kind of impressed with all of the little uh, physics-y things that you can do by swinging around. You can actually tie... Yarny can tie up like a bow at different points, different little... Because there are only certain things that you can swing on or certain things that you can interact with. And they're, they're just, It's kind of weird because there are these little yarn bits out in the world and that's kind of what your signal that you can do something with that so he can also tie down different part different sections of yarn and if you tie them together tautly they can become like a a, a bouncing like a tightrope like a trampoline yeah or like a tightrope cool. and you can actually push things up them if they're at an angle and it kind of becomes you create your own platforms and things like that <laughs> uh and you know generally speaking as far as a platform goes there's not a lot that it does that's really spectacular there are some cool puzzles now and now and again um it's very quick to restart you actually can die in this which is kind of a bummer you can watch the arnie crumple or you know get basically burned. eaten by yeah bur- yeah burned up or or drowning in toxic waste and stuff <laughs> like that it's it's kind of, it's kind of sad uh it's like a, really. like a morbid so it, sort of like limbo style it, thing it, it, a little bit it, at moments it definitely approaches that i mean you can get eaten by cockroaches Oh. Uh, which, yeah, I know. Now that I'm remembering this stuff, it's it's like kind of really serious. Mm. Um, but there's no combat really to speak of, so it's all about avoiding things or figuring out good ways to get through uh, obstacles. And generally speaking, you don't. I, I never found myself getting stuck too often, but there are a lot of well, not a lot, but there are sections where disappointingly you you sort of have to fail a few times in order to figure out what you're supposed to do. Mm. Um, I was sort of enjoying having Yarny like enjoy his his little passage and and go on his brave journey, and it's kind of a bummer to see him like get shredded up or something like that. But uh, yeah, I um I I think this is regularly a ten or fifteen dollar thing. It was on a I, I got it on a sale over on the Xbox One store for five bucks. So I I used my Bing Rewards credits and basically got Yarny for free. Um, That's but, nice. but it's a pretty good yeah it's a it's a pretty good uh, pretty good little little game. And uh, again, fairly simple. It it is one of those maybe mechanics light er kinds of games but overall i think the the, the um sort of the feeling and the and ambiance and the I, I keep i keep thinking of it as yarny or whatever but it's actually called unravel right it's unravel, unravel. yeah so and and that's the thing is is the the idea is that uh, and i read some interviews with the developers you know it's a very small team so it was uh i'm not sure where they are they're from like poland or something i have to look and see where they're from, but uh, you know they they put a lot of heart into this, and so that that's where the, that's where the whole yarny social media thing came from. Was they actually would make these little yarn creatures? He kind of looks like a cat or something, and they'd put him in different cute. He's tiny, you know, mm-hmm. so he he actually all of the stuff that you do is like pushing and pulling uh, rocks or or little objects that are in the environment, and and oh so man, a lot, a lot of it is about traversing. What if as they a, made a yarny two, or you know, unravel two, or whatever, uh, but it was it was Katamari? And yarn comes in big balls anyway, right? So, yeah. And Katamari, you start out real small, and then, you know, you just roll everything up in a yarn ball, and then pretty soon you have this ginormous yarn ball. Wouldn't that be cool? You know, as as far as like the volume of the thread of yarny, I actually am kind of impressed because you can actually you can sort of screw yourself a little bit by fixing your yarn to different points and then trying to proceed on, and it does sort of keep track of the length of the yarn. You actually have a, a definitive volume of yarn, oh, man. just you, like so, like girl. Kind of from like Nobi Nobi Boy. Dale, you have referenced so many games <laughs> in this in this segment of yarny. Yarny is everything to all people. Uh, basically, but, uh, yeah, no, it is, uh, so if, if you really prefer to have some real brain-bending puzzles or some really, you know, intricate 
platforming. I don't know that, that uh, Unravel is, is going to be really good for you, but um, if you're into things like Flower and you're interested in, you know, at least some light platforming, that, that again, you know, kind of the, the string work of Yarny is... Uh, is pretty clever at times. Um, tugs on your you know, heart. Might be for you. Yarns. It does. It tugs on my heart. Yarns. We're all yarny at heart. And uh, listeners, if you have uh, found that our podcast tonight has tugged on your heart yarns, well, I've got good news for you because we're going to be back in just a few days' time to talk to you again about the news of the video game week, the new releases of the week, and a special topic of discussion, which you can look forward to in just a short few days' time. Uh, you may also know that we do a video game stream over on twitch.tv slash show. and uh, this past week Jared and I tried to play MechWarrior Online. We had some mixed success playing some new modes. Um, there, there is a little bit of a wait time between matches, which is kind of unfortunate, so I'm not sure how much more of that we'll be doing, but uh, lots of cool things over there as far as community warfare and and uh, got to try out some some new mechs, multi-drop conquest mode, which was uh, which was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, lots of stuff over there, including back in the archives. You can find those over at YouTube.com/slash/GameBiteShow, and uh, all of this stuff you can find over at our website on the internet. Uh, GameBiteShow.com, so check us out over there. If you have any comments about the games that Dale or I have been playing, or if you'd like to tell us what you've been playing, we'd certainly love to hear from you. You can reach out to us on Twitter at GameBiteShow. You can also find us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. And I am at Count Elmdor. Of course, you can find our two additional compatriots, Legrand Jolly at Legrand, L-E-G-R-A-N-D-E, and Jared Red Eye Dunn over at R-E-D underscore I. And uh, as always, we certainly appreciate having you with us, and we look forward to having you on our next show. Until then, this has been your Game Bite Show. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time. Grandpa, spin me another yarn about yarn. Yarn!